Welcome to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, which is actually helping me produce this show um, way across the country. I am in South Dakota and she's in Washington State, so she's helping with me. And thank you so much, Lindsay, for helping. We had some issues this morning and we got them all fixed up. So, well, I want to welcome Dr. Jacob Deacons to our show and his uh, brother, Peter. Um, Dr. Jake uh, Peter is a nurse and they are at Inland Wellness and Vitality out of Spokane, Washington. They are specifically going to be talking about gains wave therapy and permanent treatment for erectile dysfunction. Uh, they've had great results with this. Um, and they're going to talk about some other unique treatments uh, or more, more unique treatments that, that can be done with this therapy. Also, um, as you can tell, both these brothers are in excellent shape and watch their diet and exercise also. And so they are good examples for their patients like, like healthcare providers should be. And most of the time, many healthcare providers are not. So they're going to also be talking about diet, nutrition, lifestyle um, to help how and, and hormone balancing and how they help their patients. So you don't want to miss this episode. It's going to be good till the end. So Dr. Jacob Deacons and Peter, welcome to our show. Yeah. Thanks Sean for having us. We're uh, happy to be here. Yeah. So introduce yourselves a little bit, talk about Inland Wellness and Vitality and, and um, you know, how, how it all started and what your guys' goals are. Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, Peter and I are brothers and we've both been in healthcare for quite some time and have done kind of the traditional approach, uh, corporate medicine, ER, cardiac, a lot of different things between the two of us. But we realized a few years ago that there was a, a niche and a space missing for um a return to the patient-physician relationship with their provider where we weren't rushed through with appointment times, where we had amount of time to sit down with people and discuss the fundamentals, right? Health from a nutrition standpoint, from an exercise standpoint, from a hormonal standpoint, and all of these different things. And particularly with men with erectile dysfunction, we realized there was a big uh, space there that was missing, you know, outside of just prescribing the little blue pill. Yeah, I would say to echo that, I mean, we both were working in a, that traditional medical model, which is very much a reactive model, um, you know, symptom management. And we wanted to really return to that proactive approach um, with medicine that's a much more rewarding type of care. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I echo that, you guys. Um, we, in, in, in healthcare, we, we, we chase problems you know, all day long and treat symptoms. We don't really fix the problem, you know, so I applaud you guys for, for um, doing this. So tell us about gains wave therapy. How long has it been around? What is it? What does it do? So gains wave is really kind of the uh, trademark term for extracorporeal shockwave therapy or ESWT or more commonly referred to as acoustic wave therapy. Uh, it's been around for decades. It's widely used in a, a variety of disease states from orthopedics, sports medicine, um, aesthetics, dermatology, and uh, probably more recently in the United States under the banner Gainsway for erectile dysfunction. Um, it's pretty cool therapy. Essentially what's happening is, is like you mentioned, there's very little addressing the root cause in a lot of our uh, disease states that we manage in, in the United States. Shockwave therapy allows us to restore blood flow to the penile tissue using sound waves. And there's really three main mechanisms that occur there. The first and foremost is our vasculature tends to occlude or develop some placking 
as we age. And the penile plaques are typically what we refer to as soft plaquing. And that diminishes blood flow into the, the corpus cavernosa, the kind of the chambers of the, of the tissue. And that sound wave acts as percussion and it breaks up that, that plaquing into smaller fragments that the body can resorb. It's the same technology, Sean, that we use in lithotripsy in the hospitals to break up kidney stones. Oh, that's okay. E that's, that's ESWT. So okay, great analogy. Uh, yeah, that, there's <laughs> yeah. things that. <laughs> so that, that's, uh, that's kind of its basic premise. Uh, so at the cellular level, those sound waves are actually stimulating a molecular and a cellular response to create growth factors that help heal the tissue and also that promotes new blood vessel formation through neoangiogenesis by promoting a growth factor called VEGF1. Um, so it's, it's some pretty cool biochemistry that's happening at the tissue level to get men back to having more blood flow, more vasodilation into the penile tissue. And so tell me a little bit about um, how the, if I understand right, um, Peter, you're, you're the one that actually does most of the treatment. Yeah. 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 We, I, I do probably the majority, uh, uh, Jake does quite a few as well, but yeah, the, the actual treatment itself is uh, fairly straightforward. It takes about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, you know, we're, again, we're treating directly on the penile tissue. Um, we actually treat around kind of the inguinal crease or the crura, uh, crest of the, 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 the legs, so to speak of the erectile tissue that actually extend into the, you know, the body cavity there. And then also we address in the perineal area um, where the pudendal nerve lives um, to kind of get some regeneration of that, uh, you know, nerve that innervates the, the penile tissue and erectile tissue. Um, so we're really addressing all of those pieces. Um, and the beauty of this therapy is it's, it's restorative to really any tissue type we apply it to. Um, and so that's why we use it for a whole host of other, um, you know, applications beyond just ED, but, um, certainly we do. Yeah. We've treated well, close to 400 men at this point in this clinic over the last three years. Yeah. So it does require multiple treatments. There's a cumulative effect. So a standard protocol, Sean looks, um, anywhere from about six to eight treatments. Six is probably the most standard approach. But we have men come in and we do an intake and we look at um, international scores of erectile function and sexual health inventory for male scores. There's some clinically validated criteria that we can mm -hmm. then take subjective erectile dysfunction complaints and put them into an objective format and base a protocol on that uh, based on the evidence and the treatment protocols that exist in the literature. Um, so about six treatments a week apart. Um, sometimes as many as two treatments uh, for three weeks if we want to abbreviate the course a bit. Um, but the majority of men we have treated and, and the studies demonstrate that we have a very high success rate with that treatment. Um, so it's pretty exciting treatment to, to be able to offer to our patients. And you were basically discussing that it's a permanent, it's a permanent treatment and you have 75% um, success rate. Is that correct? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say, you know, the, the permanence that's demonstrated in both the studies that we've, that we can look at, which there's well over 40 studies that demonstrate the efficacy of the therapy, as well as anecdotally here of the men we've treated. Yeah. 75 to 85%. Um, and that's lasting really um, out to two to three years. Um, but 
that being said, you know, the, the processes that, that got the men kind of into that situation in the first place, i.e. aging and kind of, you know, uh, lifestyle choices and all of those pieces are still going to contribute to um, an overall decline in function um, to some degree. Yeah. And so we do put men on a maintenance protocol, which is a little bit different for every individual. It may be you know, one to two treatments after a year or a year and a half or or whatever that might look like, depending on what their baseline function was. Yeah. So there's not a lot of long-term studies following these patients out after a protocol. The the longest study to date has been for about three years after they've completed a protocol. Um, And obviously from an academic standpoint, there's not a lot of interest in following these patients for greater than that. (laughs) Gameswave as a company is actually putting together a registry um, and that's led by a a urologist out of UCLA so that we can track the data a little bit longer. So when I treat a 67-year-old man versus a 40-year-old man based on their scoring, we'll have data to compare long-term in parallel with other providers across Mm -hmm. the United States that offer the therapy. So um, there, there possibly is some maintenance and of course, permanence in, in medicine is a, <laughs> a difficult claim, but yeah. uh, for all intents and purposes with, with uh, maintaining hormone levels and health and diet and nutrition, uh, it, it certainly can be. Yeah. Well, our, our bodies are dynamic and we really can never stop taking care of ourselves. Right. I mean, right. so that's reality. So tell me a little bit about patients that come to you. Let's say they're using medications for, erectile dysfunction. How does, how does their therapy change after that? After they, after they go through the treatments? Yeah, that, that part's really cool. So if you look at the data and the literature, they report about a 65% reduction in the use of PDE5 inhibitors, right? That fancy term for phosphodiesterase inhibitors, Levitra, Viagra, Cialis, whichever generic you're choosing to use, right? (laughs) Um, That's a big number one that the pharmaceutical companies probably aren't super happy with <laughs> right. we, 65% of men reliance on the little blue pill to be non-reliant. Uh, that's a big shift. And another significant portion of those patients can use lower doses uh, with superior effect. Um, so we, we see that pretty routinely that men may or may not need their, uh, their PDE five inhibitors after the treatment. Um, and we routinely are able to eliminate a lot of medications from our patients' med list, um, not only the ED meds, but other you know, antihypertensives and diabetic medications. Because again, we're not just addressing the ED, we're looking at lifestyle and, and health. Yeah. Yeah. So and it, it, I, Go ahead, Pete. Oh, I just wanted to add one more thing in, in regards to the permanence. One, one way we frame that for our patients and is a good way to look at it Um, rather than how long are these results going to last me? Because we get those questions pretty much with every consultation we do. We really have to look at it in terms of where are we going to take your function back to? Uh, So, you know, if we have a a 65-year-old man, for example, and we can take his function back to how it was when he was 40, 40, you know, then we've really gave him, you know, 20 to 25 years potentially of improvement there. So that's really the way to look at it because how long did it take him to get into that situation in the first place or how slowly did that decline occur? Right. Now here's a question that you guys have probably answered. I didn't prepare you for this one. I'm sure patients ask it because you hear about shockwave therapy and some patients are going to say, 
wow, does it hurt? Pete, can you tell me, does the treatment hurt? <laughs> yeah, no, oh yeah, that's, that's one of the top questions. I'm sure. Um, so there's, there's kind of two parts to that. Um, on face value, I would say, no, it's not painful. It doesn't hurt. Shock sounds scary. It's really right. Bummer, right? Uh, it elicits, uh, you know, visions of, of a, an electrical chair or something. Um, and so, yeah, that sound energy, um, it can be un- with, without any topical numbing agent, which we do provide for our patients. Um, it can be a little bit, we call it snappy, almost like a little rubber band snapping your skin. Uncomfortable at best, but not painful. But we do provide all of our patients with basically a, a benzocaine, lidocaine, tetracaine topical mix um, that pretty well um, leaves leave the tissue numb. Yeah. And we, we affectionately call that ghost penis um, and kind of <laughs> joke with our patients because it, it, it works very well for a few hours. <laughs> yeah. Which means you can't feel anything for a few hours. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. So we do have patients, Sean, that undergo the procedure without any numbing agent. Um, okay. And the tissue desensitizes. We do anywhere from about 10,000 to 12,000 pulses um, per, per, per treatment. And after the first 500 to 1,000 pulses, kind of a snappy sensation, the tissue is kind of uh, accustomed to that sensation okay. and, and people people do it without all of the time. Uh, so it's a very kind of painless, convenient 15-minute to 20-minute appointment uh, for the most part. And what about patients that have had prostatectomies? Have you ever treated one of those? Or are there any studies to show the results of those yeah, patients? So- yeah, that's an awesome question. We have treated men that have had uh, had uh, uh, surgeries with benign prosthetic hyperplasia, even with uh, you know biopsies and things with you know uh, inter you know epithelial neoplasia and different different prostate conditions. The studies are interesting. A lot of the studies will track uh, what we term as LUTs, lower urinary tract symptoms, and they're is a noted improvement, even though it wasn't set as a specific study outcome. Um, the lower urinary tract symptoms do show an improvement in men with benign prostatic hyperplasia, for example. So getting up to urinate may not be as frequent after a protocol. Stronger urinary stream, uh, th- those types of things. Um, obviously in the case of somebody that's impotent completely because of nerve damage from a, from a prostatic surgery, there there's a lower likelihood that they're going to have success. Right. Right. For sure. Um, Moving on to other things that this can treat the great, great, great information you guys on, on a gains wave and erectile dysfunction. Um, It it looks like a very, very good option um, to treat, to treat erectile dysfunction. So because it's shockwave therapy, it's been around for years and it basically breaks up plaques. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it applies a, me- a mechanical force that we're exerting on the tissue. And so when we kind of extrapolate that out to other conditions or indications from a musculoskeletal standpoint, we use it to treat everything pretty much from the feet. So plantar fasciitis up to chronic cervical neck pain and everything in between. We're at a superficial level just that mechanical energy that's transferring through the tissue. We get a lot of things like release of trigger points, mm-hmm. myofascial release. Um, you know, we, again, we regenerate 
multiple tissue types. So if there's, uh, you know, some, some micro trauma to that area via a tear in, in ligamentous tissue, um, calcifications in the joints. So a lot of calcific tendonitis, um, we can address that because we really can target that um, tissue that's hardened or, or scarred and can, can remodel that tissue essentially. Yeah. So calcific tendinopathies are a good one. If you go back to the kidney stone analogy, that sound wave is breaking up calcium oxalate stones, right? (laughs) We're using the same, same technology. It's a different bar setting, a different pressure and a different frequency setting. But essentially if you have calcifications short of going in and debriding that with surgery, we can actually pulverize those through a series of treatments and get people range of motion. Um, the molecular and cellular basis is again, we're increasing blood flow angiogenesis. If you increase blood flow to tissue that's ligamentous or tendinous tends to be relatively avascular. It doesn't have great blood flow to start with. You bring in more blood flow, you bring in more nutrients, healing factors, you increase lymphatic drainage. So the cellular debris can be cleared. Um, it really just kind of promotes the body to regenerate itself. Um, New data daily almost coming out of Germany that orthopedic surgeons are using it immediately for fracture fixation and repair because the sound energy actually stimulates the osteoblasts, the little bone cells that will deposit new bone matrix. Um, And it's actually showing a threefold increase in healing times for fracture repair in Germany (laughs) when they apply this sound energy externally through the soft tissue to the bone. So reparative, uh, it helps clear substance P, which is the neurotransmitter that regulates pain signals. Uh, Again, it's a mechanical disruption of that that substance P that accumulates at the site of injury or pain. Um, So a lot of cellular things happening with the therapy and then the mechanical process that quite honestly, sometimes just feels like a really good deep tissue massage (laughs) because it's percussion. Yeah. yeah, right, right. That makes sense. There's been a, a a couple, maybe only one, but there's been, you guys had a patient story and it wasn't your patient. It was, I don't I believe, but it was a patient story how um, somebody used it for, um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was going to have to go in for some kind of cardiac surgery. Was it cardiac? Was it bypass? Yeah, yeah. so there okay, was a story. <laughs> yeah, so it was one of the doctors that we trained with several years ago. And he had a golfing buddy that had basically just poor cardiac output. And he had known cor- coronary artery disease um, and had some calcifications in his coronary arteries that were obstructing his blood mm-hmm. flow. And that patient was astute enough to ask the doctor who did Gaines wave, like, well, Hey, if it breaks up plaques in the penis, why can't it break up plaques in the heart? And the doctor replied, well, they are doing studies with very focal sound waves in very controlled conditions, like in a catheter lab, to see if that is something that can be done in the future. And the, the patient was kind of an old guy and on his way out anyways. <laughs> and so he, he agreed to be a guinea pig for this other doctor. And they just started treating over the pericardium just externally through the chest wall. And the guy noted after several months that his his exercise tolerance increased. He was able to golf 18 holes without stopping to rest um, and had improvement in his, you know, daily activities. So definitely an anecdotal <laughs> story right. for sure. Uh, but it was actually pretty cool. And if you look at the literature, they're looking yeah. at focal shockwave therapy to treat cardiac lesions, carotid lesions, 
there's a lot of stuff on the horizon that is going to be be done with this. Well, going back to your kidney stone analogy, you know, those plaques in the arteries are, are calcium. A lot of, yep, absolutely. I mean, so <laughs> it, it makes sense. It makes total sense. So, I mean, this is, this is great. And I think it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to be excited about, about the future of this, of this technology. So, no, great presentation, you guys. Thanks for educating us on that. Yeah, um, sure. So now let's go into a little bit about, about diet and exercise, because with these patients, um, or any patient for that matter, diet and exercise are very important. And obviously you guys really stress that. Um, so tell us about how you talk to patients about lifestyle. So obviously Peter and I are both very active just from the things we like to do recreationally tend to keep us active to Pete's an avid CrossFitter. Um, I've had a couple of orthopedic injuries, so I don't do CrossFit as much anymore, but I do a lot of uh, progressive variable resistance like band training uh, strength training that way. Um, you know, he's, he's 10 years younger, so he's still got, <laughs> he's still got a little bit of youth on his side. Um, but we're both very active. We have a, an integrative health coach that works with our patients as well. Um, and we talk about a myriad of things, whether it's a low carb, high fat diet, or whether it's a ketogenic diet, we really look at the presenting, uh, problem. Are we dealing with insulin resistance and do we need to put somebody on low carbohydrates are we dealing with somebody that is protein deficient and we need to do something that's higher protein? Um, do we just need to count macronutrients in some of these people initially? And sometimes it's as simple as teaching them how to read a nutrition label. You'd be surprised how many people don't understand what a carbohydrate is and how that can influence our health. So, yeah, we're really, uh, you know, we kind of work against that uh, pervasive um, ideas surrounding nutrition that are still really prominent, even in healthcare, uh, you know, and, and we look at the standard American diet, right. And we look at the current U S health guidelines and, and they're really askew based off of a lot of faulty data, you know, the low fat kind of craze that's been since really the fifties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the overconsumption of, you know, process, just processed junk. Um, people just, you know, they think they eat healthy, but when you really start getting into tracking someone's uh, intake, you know, they're like, they realize how much kind of processed junk they're eating. Um, yeah. And, you know, we always say, you know, you can't, you can't out train a bad diet. Um, right. So it doesn't matter how active they are. Or at least not for long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and, you know, we say that on this podcast all the time is that you could not, you cannot exercise your way out of a poor diet period. And, and there's basically three things we can do to be healthy. And that's, uh, eat exercise and sleep. Sleep. Yeah. And we don't have to exercise to live. We don't have to, to stay alive. We don't have to exercise. We got to eat to stay alive. Obviously eating is more important than exercise and we will die without sleep before we'll die without food. Sleep is very, very important. So we stress that in this podcast all the time. And I think we take things for granted. People don't know what they don't know. So like Dr. Deacon says, re reading a nutrition label, we just take it for granted. We read it. It's like, oh gosh, you know, yeah. it doesn't look very good, but a lot of patients don't know that. Um, so it, it is, it is good that we teach our patients that because they, they, they might not know. And yeah, the, the, the latest trends, I mean, I, I think it's getting better a little bit, but when you look at what happened in the fifties and sixties and and then how our diets progress into the seventies, 
you know, you know, you guys know that one study that came out about, you know, basically eating, eating red meat back in the fifties, that study that came out, you know, eating red meat's bad. It's like, there's still people that think that eating red meat is bad. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And there's still a push now. Look at the, what's that stuff called? Impossible burger or whatever that fake meat is. It's like, are you, are you kidding me? You know, and it reminded me when Pete said it, you know, about junk food. You know what? For our listeners and viewers, just let you guys know that fake meat stuff, it is junk food. Junk it food. is yeah. processed food. It is not good for us. It no. is processed food, literally. So uh, eating raw or eating raw foods, red meat, meat is not bad. No, nope, absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, we've we even dabbled a little bit with the carnivore approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, regenerative agriculture is a big uh, thing of uh, that we're, you know, like to talk about, you know, unprocessed foods and just really getting people back to eating locally and sourcing locally um, and really which is better for the environment and better for our health. And because we structure our practice the way we do, we spend, you know, an hour with each of our patients at their appointment slots. You know, it's not the cattle herd mentality to continue yeah. that analogy of getting people through every 10 minutes. Um, and so we can talk about sleep. We can talk about diet. We can do complex lab dives where we're looking at fasting insulin levels and, and glucose levels and metabolic health and hormones. Um, and every single one of our patients tells me like, I've never had my blood work explained in this much detail as I've just gotten today. Um, and it, it blows me away. <laughs> right. I, well, right. And kudos to you guys. And, you know, it, it's, it's sad that you know, patients can be in the healthcare system as long as they have. And it takes that long for them to find a doctor like yourself where they can actually say, well, I, I can't believe somebody took the time and actually explained it, explain this stuff with me, you know, oh, so sure. kudos to you yeah. guys for doing what you're doing. I mean, you guys are, are really uh, on the cutting edge and I think it's the future of medicine is lifestyle type medicine. What we're doing is not working. Um, nope. Americans, cardiovascular disease in America is at an all time high. It's still a number one killer of, of, of Americans statins cholesterol medication is not the answer it's just not they've been around for 30 years if 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 they were the answer people wouldn't be dying of of heart attacks and strokes right absolutely (laughs) right so you mentioned a little bit about hormone replacement so tell me a little bit about um hormone balancing so yeah it's absolutely uh super important it's one of the main things we do do here and with all of our Gainsway patients, I offer a complimentary hormone consult because that obviously plays a role in erectile function. But for men and women both, uh, so we deal a lot with diabetics, people with thyroid disease, testosterone deficiency, menopause, perimenopause, even younger women with dysfunctional uterine bleeding and, and menstrual irregularities. Very vital to have uh, that conversation with patients. We only use bioidentical hormones. Um, we do, again, an in-depth lab evaluation of all of our patients and include all of these things. Um, and I guess that the best way to put it is hormones for me are preventative medicine. Um, I have successfully gotten people off of their diabetic medications by optimizing their testosterone, for example. And we know based on the studies that models of insulin resistance decrease with testosterone and, and lipid metabolism increases and cardiovascular parameters improve with testosterone management. Uh, The American Heart Association put out a literature review a few years ago with 14 plus testosterone replacement studies. And their conclusion in short was low testosterone 
or testosterone is inversely related to all-cause mortality and cardiovascular mortality. So cardiac output, arrhythmias, CHF, um, lipids, obesity, inflammatory markers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, well, just think about those things. What if we had a drug that could treat all those things? We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so don't forget about don't forget about depression and weight gain around the middle and, um, you know, erectile dysfunction. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, the list goes on. I mean, testosterone is so important. And, and thank you for looking at the overall picture. And what you said about cardiovascular health, I mean, testosterone, how it lowers cholesterol. I mean, it, it, it really infuriates me how I'll see a patient on a cholesterol med, they're a male and they're 50 years old and their, and their testosterone has not been checked. Yeah, no, it's yeah, thyroid, right, but anyway, yeah, well, you do that too. You'll love this. I had a patient with known cardiovascular disease remote 30 years ago and had a stent changed his life was living pretty clean at that point. He had been on a statin for 30 years and his cholesterol was still elevated. Right. And so when he came to me, we checked him, obviously his testosterone was low. His thyroid was suboptimal. His DHEA levels were off. His vitamin D was low everything sucked. He had insulin resistance because he had a fasting insulin that was high. And so, by, hold on. I don't want to, I, I hate to interrupt you, but, and he was going to a doctor, right? Oh yeah. He was seen by a cardiologist. Yeah, un, un, unreal. And he has all that stuff. It's not working. So <laughs> I went through the whole, I went through the whole number needed to treat for statins and yes, he's on them for secondary prevention. So maybe some merit there. We left him on a statin and I put him on testosterone, transdermal testosterone got his levels up nicely, both total and free. He was feeling great. He was looking great. His HDL increased by over 20 points. His LDL came back down into a normal range below 199. Um, his triglycerides improved drastically. Um, and it, it came down after he'd been on the same statin for 20 plus years. And I said, hey, don't you think this is interesting that you know, your statin just didn't start working. Right. <laughs> After years, you know, it's, it's what we're doing. And right. so you should be able to get you off of this. Go ahead and have the conversation with your cardiologist. But if it were me, I wouldn't take it. <laughs> so yeah. um, they had the conversation with the cardiologist. The cardiologist said, well, maybe we just need to try a different statin. Um, of course. <laughs> so, and so in, anyways, it's kind of a humorous story, but it's also a little bit sad. It is. I mean, we really shouldn't be laughing about it. We should be crying about it because that unfortunately is a typical reaction. Right. Like get, oh, well, okay. That stat is not working. We'll, we'll, we'll just use another one. Okay. And what we did was interventional. Yes. It was a, a, a study of one, but we put him on an intervention and we followed his baseline labs to his three month and six month follow-up. And he had a reduction in his cholesterol for the first time in 20 plus years. Um, and, and, the, and, but here's the thing, here's the thing, Dr. Deakins is that, um, you know, those, you and I that treat a lot of patients with hormones, that's not, that might be an N of one, but we also have thousands of patients that have oh, the same, sure. that, that happens the same thing. Oh yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. Right. Right. So I appreciate you for doing that. Um, you're really, you know, optimizing people's health and wellness. And, um, instead of just treating, treating symptoms, I mean, you're, you're, you're making them healthy. And I, I really appreciate that. I think it's the future of medicine. Patients really appreciate it. And, um, you know, in America, we need to change our healthcare system because, you know, or at least give options because what we're doing is not working. I mean, 
um, yeah. patients are sicker than sicker than ever on more medications than ever. I mean, that's not necessarily the answer. So, yeah, it's made medicine fun for me again, quite honestly. And I think Pete would echo that sentiment um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's great to see actual results, right? You see right. that on a daily basis where you're actually improving someone's health and longevity. Right. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, guys, as we wrap up this uh, show, so I want both of you to answer the question. So Dr. Deacons, um, what do you have a passion for? What drives you? Uh, I think just, just health um, and looking at it at its foundation and what we can do to address that. Like I said, this has made medicine fun for me again. And when I have patients getting off of their medications and their pharmaceuticals and living longer and living better. So the better part, I guess, is key. What drives me it's health span versus lifespan. Um, right. That's right. I got to give props to my wife, Amy, because she really pushed me into this journey several years ago and was probably ahead of the curve <laughs> when it came to this, when I was still a little bit stuck in the traditional model. For sure. Yeah. So. Good for you and good for your wife. And it, there's nothing better than a, than a supportive wife to, to help yeah. us uh, seek out our vision. So Pete, what drives you besides CrossFit? You can't talk about CrossFit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I won't talk about that. Um, you know, I think kind of, kind of similar to Jake, but uh, you know, knowledge is definitely power, right? And, and to see that transition in patients is pretty powerful because you can, you can talk to somebody for an hour about this stuff. And like Jake said, you know, they just kind of come out of the, the room kind of a little bit dazed because they had so much information, but at the same time, they're like, why has nobody told me this ever, you know, in, in, in 20 years, in 30 years, you know, every other doctor's appointment I've ever gone to, nobody's ever told me this. And they're, they're almost, they're not angry, but they're just, amazed that, that yeah. they've never heard some of this information that is really, you know, it's, it's, it's out there. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> right. that's, that's satisfying to arm them, to empower them. So, you know, moving forward, they know there's a difference now. Yeah. Right. So how do our listeners and viewers get a hold of you guys? So you can find us online in Lynn Wellness and Vitality. That's pretty simple Google search. Uh, it's www.iwabs.com. Um, you can uh, give us a call. You can find us on social media and Facebook as well. And Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Um, and uh, we always do free consultations on all of our services so that people can, again, be empowered by that information. We want them to make the choice. I'm about one eighth of the equation. Seven eighths lies with the patient. <laughs> I love it. I love it how you say that. You got to empower them. That's exactly yeah, what yeah. you got to do. Educate and empower. So yeah, we're online. You can you can find us. We're one of the few, I think, in Spokane that really take this approach. I mean, obviously there's others. And I think like you said, Sean, it's gaining traction because patients need this and they want this and they're looking for better alternatives. And so there is a better way and we can help you with that better way, I think is the take home message. Well, what a, what a wonderful episode that you guys provide our listeners and viewers today. You know, the goals of our podcast, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, is to educate and empower consumers to be proactive in their health and to take charge of their own health care. And that's exactly what you guys are doing. And I yes. so, so appreciate it because it's a patient, you know, as healthcare providers, we're there in their lives a lot less than they are. They need to take care of themselves and we're just teachers for them. So for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate it. And speaking of, you know, some of the issues that you've talked about with 
patients having with the traditional healthcare model. So Monday, don't miss out on our show listeners and viewers. We're going to have two doctors on and they are going to be talking about corporate healthcare and how Uh it's basically destroying, destroying um, the healthcare system. And you guys are very familiar with that. And so, uh, yeah, so tune in Monday, uh, 1230, 1230 to one uh, Pacific standard time. And you've been listening to health solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thanks for tuning in today. And thanks for all your information, you guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. Bye-bye.